Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Courage Cole. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Rosie Cherrington, and Astrid Carter. Good morning, good morning. Morning. Good morning. morning. How's everyone this morning? I feel very Monday morning today. In a good way or a bad day? No, just a bit like the cogs are kind of slower. (laughs) I know. I woke up at five this morning and thought, I can't be awake from five now, so I took a Puritan, so I feel really... (laughs) Can you hear how groggy I feel? If you're listening and think I sound groggy, that's because I am. How were your weekends, Lou, Astrid? Mine was actually quite boring, but in a really nice way. I feel like I've done a lot recently, so it's nice to just kind of have a weekend at home, sorting out bits and bobs, went out for dinner with friends, and it poured with rain on Saturday, so it's a really nice excuse to sort of stay in and just watch cosy TV. My weekend was pretty chilled, but I must mention the amazing restaurant I went to. I've actually been before, but I went for their brunch on Saturday. It's called Elecanta. <gasps> oh, I saw it? on your Instagram. Yeah, I was Oh, my God, it's so good. Empty. You would all die for the interiors. Just It's a Mexican restaurant, but like super, super high-end Mexican. The chef is, she's basically like Mexico's version of Nigella. Like she's a real like celeb in Mexico. And she's got some of like the best restaurants in Mexico City. And she has this restaurant, Elecanta. It's great. But I think it's like Aya Canta, maybe. Okay. Anyway, you have to go. It's amazing. The food is epic. What did you have? So I had fish tacos to start. Delish. But they're like not kind of like greasy, grubby like Mexican oh, no, food. Oh, no, no, like no. Good fish tacos. Really good fish good tacos. Thing. The best guacamole in London, for sure. It was absolutely amazing. It comes with a gold-painted grasshopper <gasps> on the top. Oh, I thought that was a real I one. I didn't eat it. My boyfriend oh, ate it. It was real. It was real, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, just the food's amazing. Like, you want to Instagram everything. It's great. You have to Did you have churros? Delish. Dessert, yeah. And can we oh, talk nice. about the marks? Because that looked like a highlight. Because it's a brunch, you get a margarita with every course. And it starts with grapefruit and pineapple. They're all, like, really delicate flavours. It's making it sound, like, a little bit gross. But they're, like, epic cocktails. Are they little? Little, yeah. Although I did feel quite pissed afterwards. <laughs> so you start with that. Then you go to lavender and sea salt, which was amazing. And they're all, like, really beautiful colours that you just want to take pictures of everything. Then you go to hibiscus and then with your pudding you have pistachio margarita. I need to try it. Wow. I don't really like a margarita, although I have to say that we did go to the new Baba Boom in Islington last week to check it out for VIP. Go, go, go. If you're a shout out to VIP, 50% off. Quick plug for VIP Ooh, there. That's close to me too. Ooh. It's so good. The food is amazing. It's supposed to be kebabs. It's not kebabs. It's far better than a kebab, if you ask me. But they had passion fruit margaritas, and I don't like margaritas, but I have to say I did quite like it. Mm. So maybe I need to go to Alicante and try the pistachio. Just go for the interiors. They are absolutely incredible. And speaking of Instagrammable restaurants, I went to Kim's for a cocktail last week, and it is absolutely beautiful. We we didn't try the food, but we saw other people eating, and it looked amazing. You should definitely go. I've not heard of it. Kim's. Kim's, Yeah. yeah. It's by Bank, and there's a giant cherry tree. Well, I think it's fake, inside and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I love a tree inside. Mm, We had trees inside our marquee at my wedding. I love it. Georgia, I feel like your weekend is going to top all of ours. (laughs) I think it might. 
Uh, I'm sure Alicante was great, but I did go to Strictly. She's an absolute dream. Oh, oh yeah. my God. It was so good. I mean, I'm still buzzing from it. And it's very much it's Monday morning now. And I went last year and it was amazing. But this year it was just... I mean, it's been touted as the best Strictly show ever. Yeah. It was movie night. And everyone was really, really good. I mean, very much it's week three. Yeah. Ashley Roberts and Pasha doing Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I've had the time of my life. Did they do the lift? They did the lift. But also they did. Is there any diehard Dirty Dancing fans in the room? Is it just me? Rich is putting his hand up. But there's a bit in the Dirty Dancing movie where Jennifer Grey, they do this dance and her and Patrick Swayze face the audience and they do this like double sort of flick with their feet and then they do this like swoosh with one foot and it's just this really cool move. And I was watching and I was like, oh my God, she did it. <laughs> and he was incredible. OT, I mean, we love OT here. OT was yes. amazing. OT was amazing. She looked like a doll. Yeah. Um, Who's OT partnered with? Graham Swan and he was Spider-Man and that was so cool. I saw on Instagram Stacey Dooley was a minion. A minion. A minion, yeah. They were amazing. And my other absolute favourite was Faye with Giovanni doing You're the One That I Want. And it was so good. And then we went into the marquee. So they have this sort of VIP, I mean, I say VIP, it's basically a tent, but they have this marquee where anyone that's been invited by a dancer or celebrity goes to afterwards. And they all, after the show, come into the marquee. And I think sometimes they have quite a big night and sometimes they don't, depending on the week before. So we went last year after Blackpool and I think apparently after Blackpool they all have a massive party so it was quite tame but on Saturday because it was movie night and it was so epic they were all in there and yeah we met loads of them we were actually hanging out with them it was so great and anyone that you were like not sure of before and now you met and you're like they were amazing and you saw dancing they were all really nice like Faye was so nice she's just like a really nice normal girl and Oti was there with her husband how was Aliash such a cute couple Aliash was great I saw Aliash walk through and I was like, I've got to get another picture. I was like, hi, Aliash. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure you remember me from last year. But I've actually got a mug with a picture of our wedding day on. <laughs> he looked at me and he's like, mug? Did you I didn't show in the mug. I, I didn't want to, you know, waste any time. I was yeah. like, I've got to have another photo, Aliash. All the girls in my office are mad about you. And he was like, are they? <laughs> Kate was amazing. Kate Silverton. Yeah. She was incredible, wasn't she? She was Jessica Rabbit. Despite her little trip up. Yeah. Anyway, it was so good. I mean, if you can ever get your hands on a Strictly ticket, it is just... Amazing. I mean, I just want to be in Strictly. So good. More than ever. So good. Anyway, on the subject of TV, let's talk about Netflix documentaries. Because no one can deny the power of a good documentary we put a list together of some of the best on netflix they're not all new i have to say but are there any on this list that people really rave about i've talked about icarus before which you don't have to be interested in cycling to watch it's all about doping in cycling it's amazing kind of follows on really well from the lance armstrong documentary if you've ever seen that but i really really recommend that has anyone else watched any documentaries on this list I have. I've watched The Defiant Ones. If you're a music fan, it's a must. It's a four-part documentary about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Levine and their partnership through music from like the very beginning up until now. And there's so many amazing people from the music industry in it. Um, I've heard this is really good. And I it's really just to watch this. Yeah, it's just really well put together as well. Like all the archive footage and the interviews, the way they mix it in with each other. It's just a really great documentary. And do you have to be into Dr. Dre's music to appreciate this documentary? I don't think so. I think you don't even have to be interested in the music industry. Industry. I think if you at all have an interest in business, it's absolutely fascinating to see how they came up with beats, for example. Yes. It's just amazing seeing them sit there 
and be like, oh, I think we should do this. And he's like, why don't we call it Beats? They're like, cool. Walk out the room the next month. It's just this huge thing. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I really, really, really yeah. want to watch that. There's this Sounds amazing so scene in it where Dre is sat at this um, grand piano in his house with this like beautiful view behind him with the ocean. And um, the cameraman's walking in and Dre doesn't know he's walking up to him. And he's playing this like beautiful, like kind of freestyle tune on the piano and it's just this epic moment where you see Dr. Stray in a light that you've kind of never seen him in before. Mm, I can imagine. I'm always so fascinated by musicians like that when it just comes so naturally to them there's kind of there's no music there's no pretense and it's just it's so natural. They're just genius. He is an Mm. absolute genius. Also it makes you realise that actually he sort of plays a character and I imagine it sounds like quite a raw. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really it's kind of like heavy, heartfelt, yeah, neck kind of moment. And he turns around and he's like, "Oh God!" Kind of like gets a bit embarrassed that the camera yeah, yeah. captured mm. it. But it's a great. So good. Oh, I'm going to watch. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really literally going to download that tonight. I've got really excited now. I meant to watch it before, but never did. The bit with Eminem as well is so good when you see him come up with Slim Shady. It's absolutely crazy. So he goes into the studio, and I think Dre puts on this beat, and he is obviously really nervous. Loves Dr. Dre as a kind of not a big name at all at the time and he said you know I just wanted to show off and prove I could do something and you see him just freestyle the song you know like hi my name is and he just does it and everyone in the studio just goes quiet and they're just like oh my god we're watching magic happen and Dre was like wait wait I need to record this because he wasn't even recording so that's recording and it's like you're watching history happen it's fascinating there you go the defiant ones that's something people to do this weekend have you seen that video of Pharrell when he did that thing in high school where he was kind of coaching a lot of like young musicians and there's a young girl she plays her song to him and you can just see his face like transform and he's like fuck this girl is insane and he's like and excited she's kind of by her really talent so excited by her talent it's so pure and it's just kind of watching that happen you're just like some people have just got it it's amazing but also I think and god I'm not saying this is the same but it's a similar feeling when we come across like over the years of doing Sherlock's when you come across an emerging brand or someone that's come up with a product that you know the market needs yeah. or a customer is going to want and love it's that real excitement that you've discovered it and yeah. you can put it in front of people and I think I guess whatever it is whether you're in the sports world yeah. or the creative world it is that real like wow I found something here and I want yeah. to tell everyone about it any others? Also on this list, I've seen The White Helmets. So it's a film about the Syrian Defence Force volunteers, this collective of men who, they're called The White Helmets because they wear white helmets and they basically go in after bombs have hit in Syria and save children's lives, save all people. Yeah, they basically put their lives on the line every day. Oh, that sounds really sad. And yeah, if you want to have a good cry or make you feel like you have a really superficial job, it's definitely one to watch. It's, It's incredible and it makes you very thankful. Well, I've gone on about this on the podcast before, but I will say if you can't wait for the new series of Making a Murderer and you haven't seen The Staircase, yeah. go and watch that on Netflix. It's a great true crime documentary. Isn't that about the husband who pushes his wife down the stairs or something? Well, did he <laughs> or did he did not? She? Well, watch well, the documentary and find out. Yeah, I actually watched a really good documentary, not on Netflix, but on YouTube. Speaking of the suicide forest that you mentioned in Japan, I don't know if you saw the news a while ago where a YouTuber got in so much trouble because he filmed in the suicide forest and actually 
filmed a dead body in his YouTube video and people said it was hugely disrespectful. It was all over the news. He had to end up going on these big American talk shows to apologize. But him and his brother are the most controversial YouTubers around. The guy with the forest called Logan Paul, his brother's called Jake Paul. And they just go around on YouTube just causing absolute mayhem. And so this guy, this um, YouTuber called Shane Dawson made a documentary about them kind of exploring, are they sociopaths? Because that's what people were saying and it's the most fascinating thing my flatmate and I started watching yesterday and were hooked I think there's five or six parts there's about four up now it's one of the most fascinating things and I don't think that you have to even be into youtubers and that whole thing to enjoy it but so fascinating what's it called well the guy's called Shane Dawson I think the first one is called the mind of Jake Paul but he basically the next episode which we can't wait for he's got a psychologist and he's gonna go in the guy's house the guy knows he's being interviewed and the psychologist is posing as his producer and she's gonna try and assess if he's a sociopath it's great watch it can you do that well i guess he did (laughs) see what happens oh send me a link please let's talk about turning 30 it's a significant moment in everyone's life but according to this nowhere near as scary as you're made out to feel it will be are you all 30 lou astrid you're 30 rosie now i've got less than a year left have you how do you feel I feel a lot better than I thought I would. I mean, I referenced friends in this piece. They all kind of cried when they turned 30. But when my friends have, it's like a big celebration. Big celebration. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to my party. Good. Lou, I, you were 30 this year. Yeah. And I think in the build up to turning 30, I think when you're younger, 30 is such a milestone to you. And all these things you kind of, you want to have done, you think you'll be doing by that age. And then it's kind of, it got to it. And I was like, well, I kind of feel exactly the same, actually. And I was super busy around the month I turned 30. So I don't think it kind of felt like as big a thing. And I didn't really celebrate properly. But I certainly don't feel any different. Astrid? I really overindulged on my 30th. I had about three birthday parties. I went <laughs> on holiday. Astrid. Lush. Quite right. Now, Good excuse yeah. to do what you want to do. Everyone was kind of doing it. Like all my friends from school who were turning 30 the same year. You know, it was a big, big thing. But now I'm 31 now. I just couldn't give a shit about my birthday anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind know. of did it like five times over on my 30th, so. Well, mine was so oh. long ago, I can't <laughs> actually remember what I did, <laughs> what how I felt. Actually, I was pregnant, so I don't think it was all that fun. I went to Alan Ducasse and oh. did the tasting menu, actually, that which nice. was really nice. <laughs> I thought I'd be freaking out more, but I feel like I had my I'm 29 freak out at 26. So now I'm fine. What are you freaking out about? Just, you know, you're like... 27. (laughs) No, but you know, like, I'm not where I thought I'd be when I was a kid. When I was really young, I was like, when I'm 26, I'm going to be married with two children. I'm going to have the house. I'm going to, like, do this. And then when it came to it, I was like, oh, I literally feel the same as I did when I was, like, 19. (laughs) What am I doing with my life? So I feel like I kind of sorted my shit out in those years before now. And I'm like, yeah, everything's good. I don't think you ever feel your age. I feel about 32. In my brain, I'm about 32. I mean, I'm not, obviously. But I think you always feel a bit like an imposter for your age. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, might, I don't act like someone who's yeah. seven hanging on in there. I think you always feel about five years younger than you actually are. <laughs> Definitely. Sometimes I still feel like I'm like 17. I think especially when I'm with my mum, with my family, because I'm the youngest. With the grown-ups. Yeah. I still feel like one of the kids. You have you know, to be looked after. Yeah. And when a parent refers to you as like that nice lady over there and you're like, oh my God, it makes <gasps> oh, me feel so old. I'm not a kid anymore. When What's wrong with you, lady? Yeah. You know, if there's like a kid in a supermarket or something and they'll be like, oh, let that lady through. Although some guy in this building the other day said, oh, some nice young ladies just let me in. I literally wanted to punch him in the face. It was about the most patronising thing anyone's ever said. I was like, young lady, I'll have you know I have three children. 
question what I wanted to say, so I'm yeah. not <laughs> If you want to know how old you really look, though, always ask a kid. They never lie. Or a taxi driver. That's one of my favourite games. After a few drinks, is how old am I? But I mean, they want a tip, so aren't they? Yeah, but you know, it usually works in my favour. Hmm. I've got my mum's jeans. <laughs> <laughs> what do they normally say? 28. It usually goes quite well, you know. It's dark doing it at night <laughs> i'm gonna start doing that when it's 10 30 yeah so you're nearly 30 you're 30 10 ted talks to watch before you're 30 rosie you put these together yeah which uh, are the ones to you that are the real must watches well my absolute favorite one and charlotte's watched this and says she loves it as well is how to stop screwing yourself over by mel robbins i don't know if you've heard of tony robbins He's a really famous life coach, motivational speaker. Mm. I didn't realise until after I'd watched this, but Mel Robbins, the woman who does this TED Talks, is his wife, which is probably why it's so effective. Together, they're just this huge power couple and they're amazing. And I really love this because she says that the amount of effort needed to leave your warm bed in the morning is the same amount of effort that you need to kind of change your whole life. So stop putting snooze on. That was quite relevant for me. Get up and get going. Just get up and get going. And then that kind of energy that you need to do that, you can apply to so many different things. And it's really interesting to look at it like that because I think some things and changes you want to make seem like these huge mammoth tasks, but actually it can be as simple as that one decision and like actually going for things. Mm. It's also about being quite headstrong. I think it's like this people say I've got a snooze I've got a snooze just get up and get on with your day like I think that's a really simple message isn't yeah. it just like stop thinking about things some people who fuss about going to the gym shall I go shan't I go get up and go to the gym you like, could have been in the time you like fussed about it or don't yeah, and stop talking about yeah, it yeah just make a decision yeah. either turn it off snooze and give yourself half an hour more sleep or get up and get on and mm. I think that's quite a good it is good and I think she says a lot of young people kind of beat themselves up about bad choices they make or not making the choices they want to make but she says actually don't beat yourself up you're just kind of running on autopilot you've been doing these things for years so just make this change and get your brain on a different track which I thought was a good way of looking at it what I would say with things like this I find them really frustrating where it's like before you're 30 like after 30 like no good can happen anymore <laughs> yeah, and you can't make any now. changes like yeah like 30 things to do before you're 30 it's like well, thanks I haven't done well, it well exactly like I don't I think at any age or you know wherever you are in your life if you kind of are a bit of like a standstill and you need to make some changes then you can kind of pick up on this but I hate that sort of by 30 all the things you must have done and I think it's us that make that kind totally. of totally we like totally buy into that but it's not like you wake up and you'll find out Rosie on your 30th <laughs> birthday and you're like this whole different person yeah yeah, exactly. But I do think as you just approach a new decade, that same pressure applies because I've now got all these things I've got to do by the time I'm 40. Book a really big party. A really big party. But some mum, I was at some mum's drinks the other day and this mum said, she was like, I mean, you've got to go for it on your 40th because after your 40th, it's literally all downhill. You're at your prime at 40 and from there, it really is downhill. I was like, oh, I disagree. She was like, just you wait, just you wait. <laughs> I think times have changed so much. Though. I remember when my mum turned 40 and I was really young, I was at school. Like you're thinking about it and 40-year-olds now seem so different to 40-year-olds when I was growing up. Yeah, God, I remember being at school with mums being in their 40s and thinking they were literally... Yeah, I know. You know like ancient, up yeah. Zimmer frames. <laughs> luckily, the world's getting younger. Anyway, I thought it was a really good list of TED Talks. Never, ever give up is one that is very motivational. So give that one a go too. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's talk about getting hacked. Because when you find your email or your social media account has been hacked, it can make the most relaxed of people feel sick to their stomach. Me included, not that I'm the most relaxed people that I've ever known. But in fact, two of us arrived at work last Monday in a bit of a panic that we'd been hacked. And they had a password that both of us had used years and years and years ago. And we've both been getting all these emails saying, you owe us this many thousands of Bitcoin. and We've got this password. And obviously one gets so much spam all the time. But it was the fact that they had this password. So it was the same password that you both used. So we've both got different passwords. And she was getting all these emails saying, hi, so-and-so, we know that your password is X. Oh, wow. And if you don't give us X thousand Bitcoins, we are going to email all your contacts. Should I just change the password? Well, I have changed my passwords, but it's a bit weird. Yeah. Like it's one thing getting spam. It's another fact that they know that there's a password that you've used. Anyway, we were both really worried. And then we both found out that we'd had the same thing. We were like, phew. Anyway, it's horrible. Has anyone here been hacked? I've had my Instagram hacked before and I remember I was walking somewhere and someone sent me a message being like, I think your Instagram's been hacked. And I went to go and look at it straight away and there was a post of, it was a pair of like Ray-Ban sunglasses with like now on offer. And I screenshotted it straight away and deleted it. Weirdly, someone had liked it already. I was like, I think you should know from my feed. <laughs> I think that, you should know me very well. Yeah, that, I wouldn't post something like that. But yeah, it really scared me. I obviously changed my passwords instantly, but it's the fact that someone's kind of got access to your data is just mm. horrible. Rosie, have you been hacked? I have. I don't really care if I get hacked. I mean, please don't. I don't either. I don't have anything to hide. It's just like bank details. It, that's the thing. I'm like, please steal my identity. You won't get very far. Mm. But I guess if I actually was a proper person. You are a proper I, person, yeah, you are real. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like... Yeah. Hope so. <laughs> no, but it's in like, if you tried to get a loan out in my name, I mean, student loans, you'd be screwed. So good luck, <laughs> please. If you need to let anyone, just try me. But if you actually owned like a house or anything like that, I would be terrified of being hacked. But as it stands currently, <laughs> ask me when I'm 31. People get so funny about webcams and tracking and all these things in this modern world. And that actually doesn't bother me. Someone was like, if you've got nothing to hide. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That all came off that picture of Mark Zuckerberg, didn't it? Because someone took a photo of him in his office, which is really rare. And he had taped over the camera on his MacBook and the headphone jack. And everyone was like, oh my God, but they're definitely spying on us. As in, have you ever spoken about something? And then it's come up yeah. on your yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, but I'm sorry, like, I, don't, I do not believe all I'm not that. talking about anything weird, but the thing that is quite- It's called retargeting. And it's generally because you've been on a website and there's a tracking- <laughs> No, name. it comes up when you've not when you've once searched. Yeah. Some people tested it with no. cat food yeah. and they didn't have a cat and they were speaking about cat food. And then what, just up. in a room and then they, suddenly someone was 
to argue no, they, cat food advertising. They did it like specifically as an experiment and it did start showing up. Anyway, the most important things to do if you are hacked, we've covered reset your email accounts. That's what I did. I reset my phone. That's what you I not did. lose everything. No, because it's back to oh, okay. the iCloud. What else did it say in here? The girl that was also hacked like me, she actually reported it to the police. Mm. Also, I mean, you meant to have different passwords for everything. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's the best thing. Everything, if, yeah. Because if they get into one, they can get into everything. Often yeah. I'll, I'll change something and I'll be like, okay, I've done a really good sneaky password here. And then I forget, <laughs> forget it. it. Oh, my God, yeah, it's my life. My husband's passwords are so cryptic. He'll be like, <laughs> so mine. uppercase J, lowercase S, nine, exclamate. I'm like, what the fuck is Love that? Mine alone. How do you remember If that? I can't say it, it's going to be difficult no, to oh remember. I have the most ridiculous passwords, but I've never been hacked. So. And do you write them down? Some I remember, but I have written them down before, yeah. And you have a different one for every single account you have? Not all my accounts have completely different ones, but I'll like change letters and wow. numbers and stuff. But I've never been hacked. Touch wood. Do you not spend your life resetting your password? I do spend <laughs> quite some time yes. doing it. Just especially for my email because it's always on my phone. So if I have to actually get into my email, not on my phone. Not my work email, my personal. Well, it said here, make your password at least eight characters long. Don't use real words. I mean, why wouldn't you use a real word? Always <laughs> use a real word. Use a mix of letters, numbers, special characters, and upper and lowercase. I mean, honestly, never use a password twice. I think I'd have about 900 individual yeah, passwords. Same. If I didn't. And never use a password twice. I'm looking at you, Lou. I mean, clearly that's just not viable. Mm-mm. Let's talk about calories. Have you ever wondered how many calories there are in your go-to side at Nando's? I've actually never eaten in Nando's. Yeah, Georgia has massive beef with Nando's, we've <laughs> discovered recently. I didn't have massive beef with it. I've just never eaten there. And we did at Baba Boom. One of the founders of Baba Boom used to be an area manager at Nando's I mean he was horrified that I'd never eaten I'd been in one had a glass of wine I bottled it I didn't eat anything <laughs> but if you are someone who's wondered what's in your side at Nando's then we have put together a handy guide that tells you how many calories there are in some of the most popular high street food chains and on it was Nando's your sweet potato mash is costing you 242 calories not bad we did ZZ Costa Starbucks um, I mean, my favourite wagon mamas. Do you care about how many calories there are and what you're eating in your favourite restaurants? I'm not a calorie counter at all. From looking at this, I was actually quite shocked. If I had to guess how many were in something, I think I would have no idea. See, I actually, I used to be quite a calorie counter. I'm not now. But I also eat out quite a lot. And I'll often meet a girlfriend. I'm not a cook and I don't really have time to cook in the evenings. So I'll often say, let's just have a waggers or something. And if you're going to be doing that every night of the week, it's quite good to know what the really bad things are on the menu if you're someone that kind of cares about health. Yeah. So what would you get from Waggers? I love the chilli chicken salad, the ramens. But, for example, a chicken katsu curry is so unhealthy. I think it's quite useful to know what you shouldn't order in those places if you're someone that goes there quite a lot. The government last month have... I think they're going to review whether every single restaurant should put the calorie count next to everything on the menu. It's quite common in America, especially yeah. with all the big chains, if you go to them. And it's horrifying, like absolutely horrifying mm. in some of the big ones. I think they should do it, especially, you know, in places like Wagamama's where you can go online and you can find out all the calorie counts. I why am that person you, who has been online. Why would that. you not just put it on the menu? Mm. For example, at Wagga's, the bang bang cauliflower is a side and it's 480 calories. That's insane. So and if you're just going in there thinking, oh, cauliflower, like that to me is why it's quite useful to mm, know. Definitely. Because I would personally rather have 
one really good main course than like eat my calorie content in one side. If they were on every menu when you went out for dinner, it would kind of take away the kind of treat factor of going out for dinner if you know. Imagine going admit- to Alan de Cass and being like, no, no, yeah. so I so agree in that. And actually when we went to Baba Boom the other day and I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. He went, yeah, it's the hunk of butter that we put in. Yeah, the you don't want to know. And I was like, don't tell me, don't tell me, this is so good. I agree with you. Like, when I go out for a really lovely dinner, I don't want to know. Yeah. But if it's fast food and it's a quick bowl of something with a girlfriend and I'm out, like, last week I was out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I do want to eat a bit healthy when I go out. So, I agree. I think when it's fine dining, it's better that you don't Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about assertiveness because it's something that can get you far in the world of work. But unfortunately, it's not something that comes naturally to everyone. Rich asked me what was in the podcast today, and I said five ways to be more assertive in the office, and he said, you've got that covered. So what would your tips be? I really like this piece, and I actually really agreed with all the points on it. And the first one was knowing the difference between being assertive and aggressive. Like, I think you can be direct without being aggressive i think also not apologizing i think as women we're so bad at that apologizing all the time mm-hmm. you really undermine yourself yeah when you ask someone to do something and you apologize you are within your rights to ask someone to do something yeah that's something i've really had to like train myself not to do and actually i think i've spoken about this before on the podcast but using the word just like yes. can you just do this for me or it'll just take one moment like yeah it's quite patronizing as well isn't it but it also kind of undermines your own value and like mm. you know it's my job if i need to ask someone to do something yeah rosie what do you think I thought these tips were good. I think something I struggle with is, you know, you can read all the advice, you can go into a situation, do it perfectly. Then I think where most people struggle is what happens after that. And that is what I think women need advice with, especially when someone comes back to you and they're equally, or if not more assertive, kind of holding that position that you've, you know, read the tips about back can be quite tricky. Yes, not backing down. Not backing down. And I think that's really where most people struggle and what it would be great to get some advice around. Because how do you do that if you're not naturally a certain person in your day-to-day life? Yeah, I think you're so right. You can sort of prepare yourself to go in with like what I'm going to say. But then if you're not prepared for what someone's going to say back to you and you're like, oh, okay, fine. I always think we sort of waffle along. We say something and we feel bad about it. And then we feel like we need to justify it. And we say the same thing four times over. The point we're making is the same, but we sort of keep trying to dress it up in a different way to make ourselves feel better about the fact that we've just given someone ultimately some negative feedback or asked them to change something Mm. and one of the points in this was avoid filler words and Pippa Bateman she said avoid words such as like and sort of and that assertive language needs to be clear and confident and really concise I I do think it's quite a male-female thing I'm sure some women are better at it than some men but on the whole Women like to sort of natter and fluff things out, don't they? It's crazy the difference it makes, though. Because when we had the training with Pippa and she made us speak about something and recorded it and played it back, I really didn't realise how often I was saying all these filler words and watching it back, it's quite horrible. And actually, when you try and cut them out, you end up speaking a lot slower and more deliberately, which I guess Mm. makes you appear more assertive. As much as it's kind of a horrible, kind of raw exercise to put yourself through, it's so valuable, like what you get from it. Last week, I listened to all of the Getting Curious podcast with Jonathan Van Ness, who's one of the guys from Queer Eye. And he's got this amazing podcast, but he's interviewed 
lots of incredible people, but also each of the four guys from Queer Eye. And the one with Karamo is really interesting. He was on The Real World. And he was saying that during the time of filming, he absolutely hated it being sort of followed around 24 hours a day. But then after it, when you watch yourself back, it's only really watching yourself and the way that you communicate with people and the way that people react to what you've done that you really learn so much about yourself. And he said that was the biggest learning curve for him, seeing himself in those situations and how he spoke to people. So what you're saying is everyone needs a rich following them around <laughs> so they can learn from their mistakes. Exactly. I love Karamo. He is yeah. my favourite. I think he's such it, a cool it's, guy. It's a really, really interesting podcast to do, actually, all of them. And the one with Tan as well, I found so, so interesting. So yeah, it's really great. The other final point I wanted to make about being more assertive was watching your posture. I thought that was a good one. And I also think when it comes to being assertive with your team and people that report to you, you've also got to dress the part and look the part. We talked about that a lot on the podcast but I do think you are more assertive and confident in your decisions and the way you behave in the office when you look like you mean business on the subject of work office jobs may be synonymous with the five-day nine-to-five grind but calls to introduce a 28-hour four-day working week are growing even louder apparently the Labour Party are backing it I think Jeremy Corbyn is just desperate <laughs> for some votes. Any um, and no surprises, trade unions. Should we be embracing a shorter week and a longer weekend? I don't think I'm going to answer this one. I don't know why you wouldn't embrace it. Yeah. I think from reading this and all the studies that they've done, it's only come out positive. So they said the only negative was trying to get people on board with it. So mm. Sweden. <laughs> you, Georgie. It's not happening. <laughs> I think it's quite smart. They did trial this in Sweden. So it's a five-day week, but with a six-hour day instead of an eight hour day and they found that people were just more productive I mean I always find that when you have a shorter day you know you have to just work full on for the whole time whereas you can't work at your full capacity for a solid eight hours you would just completely burn out you know you need a lunch break you need but that's that's not a shorter working day that's a lunch break and therefore you need those hours so you can have the break in the middle of the day but in terms of efficiency I mean if offices were open for less hours if everyone just came in smashed out all their work and left I I think that would be better for businesses, the economy, for workers, mental health, because I think a lot of people do drag things out because they know that they can't work at that capacity for X amount of hours. But if you know you've only got that amount of time, you've got to do it all, get in, get out. I don't know. I think there's something to it. I like the idea, but the only thing that worries me is that long term, is that sustainable? Like if I have a Friday off and I do a four day week, I still do the, the same amount of work that week, but it is really quite stressful. And if I had to pack that into... Yeah. But do you think that's because that's a kind of a one-off? Whereas if that was over a number of months, you would get used to working. If we're kind of putting everything in that yeah. four days, you would readjust. Yeah, I guess companies would have to readjust to a different yeah. pace or structure or whatever you want to call it. But, but then they'd pay people less money. I think it says they pay I mean, the same amount of money. What? what, so millennials want to work four days a week? I mean, <laughs> come on. This is the world we live in now. I think most people could do their jobs in six no, I'm joking. hours. <laughs> You could do your job in six hours. Yeah. But there are genuinely people in our office who could not do their job but in I, six hours. I mean, it wouldn't be fair to them because their job is a time-intensive yeah, it's job. Yeah, that's the thing. We it's look at the content creators in yeah. The business. Yeah. yeah, it's a process. It's not physically. And working. actually their brains could maybe work faster than the process yeah, itself it's, sometimes. It's, yeah, that's yeah, it. I mean, exactly. I could probably do my job in six hours. But it's uh, yeah, that but time that you need. Yeah. 
that's true actually. But I think if you were a part of a business where everyone did the same thing, yeah. maybe it would make sense mm. for you like some of these companies. Look, there's going to be more flexibility in the workplace as the years go by because that's a demand. But I think trying to have some blanket full day a week, working week, is just, you know, good one, Jeremy Corbyn, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. How do France survive it? They basically take all of August off. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That would be nice. I'm all for that. Like a proper, I mean, I love Christmas because the whole world shuts down. Like that I think is so positive for everyone mentally. Like it's the only time of year, I always bang on about this, where emails stop. Yeah, that's one, well, not one thing. Something that is so- The only thing I like about working for Shanghai. Something that I really do appreciate as someone that has worked for newspapers and has worked Christmas day every year (gasps) until I started here because there's nothing happens. And, but they're like, we need people just in case. And you're sitting there, especially on like a fashion beauty desk. Mm. And like, what, nothing is even going on. My husband does that, they have to go in. Yeah, because of the mark, and they just sit. They don't Nothing, do anything. Yeah, yeah. and it just makes you feel something so good about shutting that door, isn't it? On you know the twenty third or fourth, and yeah. then not coming back in two weeks. Yeah, just so it, nice. it makes such a difference. I think, yeah, I think just everybody just needs like a proper break. But I think also it's nice when it's not kind of like everything's going on around you. Right when you're going on holiday mm. and you're off, everyone's off at the same time, so yeah. they're all kind of feeling that together. I've always worked in retail before, and that's always been such a busy time of year because it's sales. I love that idea though of maybe. We should do that. We should shop for two weeks in the summer, and then everyone could take the same two weeks. We wouldn't have all this yeah. holiday handover nonsense. But then that's forcing people to take their holiday at well, a certain time. Yeah, it is. I think we could. I think we mm. could. If everyone had, yeah, or even a week where the whole business <laughs> shuts. So yeah. one week of your year, yeah. you had to take it at a certain time. I mean, teachers have to do it. They have to take the holiday yeah. at certain times. I don't know. I think it'd be quite nice. You wouldn't have the stress of I've got to do a handover or I've got to get cover. You would just shut the business for a week at a really quiet time where it's not going to affect numbers, sales. I love that idea. Mm. The one bad thing though is if you did do it in the summer holidays, the most expensive time yeah, to go exactly. on holiday. Yeah, and like staycation. It's all about staycation. <laughs> a lot of people take holiday for you know personal things like weddings or. All right. Okay. <laughs> What's good for you, Astrid? <laughs> Whenever I want. Four day week. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. Well, before Astrid and I fall out about when we're taking our summer holiday, <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk about fashion and beauty instead. Let's talk about what you should be doing to your brows because we asked Tony Crooks, who is a celebrity brow artist for the likes of Megan Fox, Natalie Portman, and Eva Mendes. They've all got pretty awesome brows. They're also dark. I mean, I'm blonde. I have to work really hard at my brows, and I do look at people with dark hair with real brow envy are those your natural brows because they are good brows they're dyed darker and they're penciled in so i'm throwing a lot on my brows <laughs> to get quite good brows did you ever over pluck them or did no. you that's why they're so had... good i think that's the only blessing of being blonde is you don't bother to over pluck i wasn't the obsessive at school plucking my brows like some of my friends because you couldn't really see them and i hadn't discovered dyeing them at that stage did you? I plucked mine into a line once and they never grew back properly. Yours are quite full on though. Mine are, well, I've got mine tattooed, but... They look so they natural. Do, but yeah. they, are, they are also now drawn in. We're now literally fascinated by your very good brows. I really don't like them now though. So this is one of the perils of tattooing your brows is that your face changes. So when I got my brows tattooed, it was quite a few years ago. And I guess as you're, not that I've aged horribly in the past few years, but my face has dropped slightly. And now 
the tail of my brows that's tattooed on goes down too much and I want more of a straight brow, which I think is quite a big brow trend right now. Is to have I don't think they go down, Rosie. I mean, I, I don't think I've they do. I've concealed them and drawn them up, but naturally they, like, the actual tattoo goes down. Right. But that's what a natural but, brow would do, I think. Yeah, it probably is, but I want to draw them a different shape. So now I have to cover up the tattoo. Oh, so yeah. really make sure that you want that shape forever. My friend has just had hers microneedled. They look amazing. My stepmom has hers tattooed. She's quite dark. And for the first sort of few weeks, she looks a bit like Cleopatra. <laughs> and then they just look incredible. My mum's just had hers done as well. And, and she's really, really fair and literally didn't have anything. And she just said it's transformed her face and everybody has said to her you look so well and it's kind of one of those things that you don't really know why and she says in the morning she's just ready to go that's the best thing yeah eyebrow tattoos lash extensions you just wake up and you're like yeah I'm done hi (laughs) yeah I mean lash extensions are great but they don't look very natural at least with brows yeah Yeah. natural Astrid you've got brows they are all natural do you pluck them them myself but i like a full brow so threading about waxing sometimes get them threaded but i'm just so terrified that they'll go overboard and i'm like just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> yeah so yeah i'd rather just do it myself i used to have mine threaded very occasionally but i actually didn't really like the finish because it just always looked too clean yeah so i'll just kind of pluck the occasional ones that are a bit out of place we recently had vanita party on the show she's the founder of blink and the tip that i took away from her was that if you do have them threaded or waxed don't touch them in between because you want them all growing in the same cycle but I thought that was a really good tip mm. and the other thing I took away from her was the new Blink Arch Definer which is this new product and I've always sworn by a shadow on my brows and this just like changed my life their brow gel is really good as well that's one thing I say if you have over your brows and you either draw them on or you've got them tattooed sometimes you just need that illusion of the hairs even if you draw an all perfect shape it can sometimes look a bit fake so get a good brow gel they do a really good one charlotte tilbury does a really good one with little fibers in so it actually builds up the illusion mm. of hairs yeah that's the yeah. best way to make the it tom natural. ford one's really good i mean it's expensive but it's got the little fibers in and actually when i was using it i'm sure my eyebrows got longer so it must have some like castor oil or some kind of ingredient like that in mm. i love mm. the that glossier boy brow which is like a real like cult classic for them it's kind of like yeah, a mascara for themselves. your eyebrows and it's got a really good shade it's a tiny tiny little brush so you can kind of get a bit of volume from the top but that's really good you should try that yeah on the subject of waxing or threading we also wrote a piece on waxing etiquette because when it comes to beauty maintenance for a lot of people waxing is up there at the top i can't add much here being a blonde i've never waxed ever no (gasps) even once never what did you instead shave wow i think i'm really fair so i don't really struggle i'm not particularly hairy I don't know, there were people at school who were growing thick hairs on their legs and I remember their mums kind of whisking them off to get a wax. My mum never did that. I actually now really will do that with my daughters because I kind of wish that I had started when I was younger, but... I just never have. I've always waxed and I was that situation. One of my friend's mums had one of those like waxing kits at home. So I remember we'd go around to her house and you'd like sit on the kitchen table and she'd wax your legs for you. It was amazing. But because of that, I've always waxed and my hair's quite fine. So whenever I do go, the beautician's always like, oh, I can tell you're a waxer. I'm like, thanks. What advice would you give to people waxing? In this piece, it said, do your research, know what you're asking for, always give feedback. 
Yeah. I would agree, definitely do your research. Like, don't just go somewhere around Do you really think corner. it makes a difference? Definitely. There's nothing worse than being, like, in a slightly unhygienic salon. And especially if you're having a bikini wax, it's such a delicate area. There's a real skill in how much you take off at a certain time. And uh, the pain know. is different. So Completely. different in different places. Yeah, if you go somewhere, like, what, slightly... places of your body or places no, that you go places for that you go to. Like, yeah. if you're not going to somewhere, like, 100% trust. Yeah, so I think when you find a good... I always call them wax assists. That's obviously not what they're called. <laughs> but when you find a good one, keep them. Okay. Rosie, are you a waxer? I had one horrible wax and never again. My skin's really, really sensitive. So I found out the hard way during a bikini wax that I probably shouldn't get one again. But also the thing that really irks me about waxing is how you have to schedule it in. I mean, my friends are like, oh, you know, I've got a date this weekend. I need to like get a bikini wax, but it's not the right time. I'm I like, know, I'm it's so just... with you. Because what it says here, let your hair grow between waxes. Your hair should be as long as a grain of rice. I mean, if you think about a grain of rice on your legs, if you don't have body hair, that's quite a lot of hair yeah. to have if you want a smooth look. So, I mean, you can just shave. I know, I it's know. never really appealed to me. I did like the tip, avoid home waxing. She said, to be honest, I just say avoid it. It's messy and time consuming. Sounds painful too. Do you wax or Astrid? Sometimes, but I shave my legs. Um, I'm so surprised. I thought everyone was waxes. I think most people shave their legs. Do you wax your bikini line? Yeah, not myself. Oh. Not myself. I just couldn't do that, I'm sorry. But long term, it's so much better. Let's talk about fashion. Let's talk about shoes. Lou, what shoes are you coveting for autumn winter? I am an ankle boot girl all through autumn winter. Chunky trainers, I agree. No, cowboy boots, no. Even the knee-high boots, I can appreciate, but I don't think I'll be wearing them. I don't think they really fit with my style. So for me, a classic ankle boot, whether it's in animal print or it's bright red or it's white or it's studded or it's just kind of a really clean black suede with a really nice kitten heel. I'm all there. I just got another pair of black suede. Did you? Ankle boots. My husband was like, I mean, really, did you need another pair? And I was like, yes, I did. Yeah. It's autumn winter. I've actually got some arriving on my desk this morning, Thank so I'm you. very excited. I have to say, the boots that I am really, really coveting right now are the Balenciaga kitten heel. Oh. The one with the gold beads on. Yeah. Anyway, they've actually sold out in my size. It's my birthday coming up. I, I literally can't stop looking at them. Maybe they've sold out because Jamesy's already bought them for you. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, somehow. So they are what is on my wish list if I win the lottery. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be buying myself. Rosie? I'm a big fan of the knee-high boot trend. Anything that makes me like a 70s stripper basically <laughs> okay um we've had some great ones on the show i wore the white mango ones which i did shed a tear sending back and olivia wore the snakeskin ones which looked so good the other day they were hard they, they she, she cool really though. pulled them off that was knee cool high cowboy they weren't cowboy they, weren't they were cowboy. just weren't they? knee high i think that's too much for me she made it work astrid I'm with you on the ankle boots. I always wear ankle boots, even in summer. I yeah. love a tough ankle boot with a little dress. I actually do quite like some of the cowboy boots that are around. Not the like super, super cowboy ones, the ones that kind of just nod to it. You said that a while ago when they yeah, first came can... on the scene, you were like, mm, quite a fan. You can pull them off. They're a bit rock check as well, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, less rodeo, more rock check. Yeah. Let's talk about the best knitwear on the high street. And we're talking Uniqlo here. We recently wrote a piece with our tips for buying knitwear at Uniqlo. I think we're all fans of Uniqlo knitwear, right? Always. Their cashmere, I think I definitely stock up every season. So there's a, like a month when they do a cashmere promotion when I think it's £20 off. So that's always a really good time Ooh, to they? get it. Yeah, Definitely the best quality cashmere on the high street. It's such a good shape. I'm quite fussy with how thick a neck is on cashmere jumpers. I don't like it when it's really thin. And Uniqlo ticks that box. So yeah. 
got a few crew neck jumpers, v-neck, cashmere, cardies, the lot. And I also think if you're going to be daring with anything else, you know, whether you're going to wear, you know, an amazing sort of palazzo pant or a vinyl trouser or a sequin skirt, you just can't go wrong with a Uniqlo. I mean, even a lambswool jumper, their lambswool is really good, right? Yeah, so, so good. And then menswear as well. We wrote a few tips on what to buy from there and definitely looking at their menswear is a really good option. Mm. Other tips were buy multiple colours. They're that good, you're going to want them in every colour. Size up, I would probably go two sizes. I think I've got like a couple of size 16 Uniqlo jumpers. Stick to neutral colours, definitely. And yeah, as you said, yeah. no menswear. And they're so good for those little layering pieces as well. Like when it gets really cold, mm. the little cotton roll necks are amazing. Yeah. And I'm someone who loves a t-shirt and a blazer. Yeah. So in the winter, just change that t-shirt for a Uniqlo knit and you're good to go. Last but not least, hair slides. Hair accessories are a big trend for autumn winter. We love a grow grain bow or a velvet bow. Hair slides. Lou, you've got a pretty cool hair slide from... Simone Rocher, um, which was everywhere in their runway show and it sold out immediately. And then it came back in stock and I managed to snap one up. And I absolutely love it. I'm very low maintenance with my hair and often I just feel like a little hair clip can really elevate my look, especially when I'm having a bad hair day or I'm just feeling a bit gross and you just want something to make you feel a bit more jazzy. It's like Trini always says, if you feel a bit tired or a bit gross just put some sequins on and you'll like yeah. instantly be lifted Rosie you a fan of a hair slide I mean if you look at the runway show and also your hair texture I think it works really really well but on me if you have kind of really straight hair and you put a hair slide in it can look a bit Blair Waldorf-esque but I think you know if you have this kind of like romantic texture it looks really really mm. nice with it well I'm sort of with you Rosie as I said I love a hair bow but when it comes to a hair slide I've got two problems. One, I think two looks better than one, so it's double the price. And two, I just feel about six years old. I think, I think you've got to have hair like you, Lucy. Rock it. On that note, I think that's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 